Well, I hope you've all really enjoyed uh, the two discussion times that we've had so far today. Well, we're having two. Um, and I would encourage you to, like, don't see these, like, as the, when the service finishes, an end point for these discussions. If there's something that's kind of, I don't know, scratched an itch, I would encourage you to kind of keep looking into that and get into, carry it on in the time of tea and coffee after the service as well. So for the next few minutes, we're going to focus on uh, the reading of Elders' books from chapter 12 of Isaiah. This chapter shows the impact of 11 becoming a reality in Israel's life. What will happen when all of this comes to, to bear? It has an impact on the individual's life and the community's life, and in all its fullness. There will be action. It's not a passive thing. It's not just to sit back and go, that's nice. There won't be silence or numbness. There will be a response. As we stand or sit well, as we sit here, in the light of all that Jesus has done, this should be the same for us. We are also reminded of God's point to all of this. The life of Israel is not to draw his people into a chosen people's cul-de-sac or enclave where they could hide away praising God for no one else to see or be touched by, but to make God known to all the earth. In reading through this chapter, it comes across to me as if Isaiah is turning the light on, back on fully in Israel. They're brought back into knowing, uh, remembering about the history of what good is done. But having light shine on it as clearing away the darkness of rebellion against God and and where they've moved towards a self-reliance that has masked the fullness of who God is. It's kind of like a response to a penny drop moment where they've, like, they've suddenly remembered all that they knew and the light has come back on and, they re- and there's this, just a desire to praise and worship God because of the reality of God's promise becoming true and experiencing it in their lives. This passage kind of quite neatly splits up into uh, two parts. Um, and it's split by the, the use of the phrase, you will, going back to that action, that desire for response. Um, and not only is it a you will, it's an I will. It's, a, it's like, like communal, that individual response to this, to this uh, prophecy, this challenge, this excitement. So in verse 1, it shows the reality that the source of the anger that Maya talked about last week is also the source of comfort. He is this full package. He is this, uh, God is there to provide the comfort which, everybody, which Israel needs. God is completely trustworthy and not someone to be afraid of. Well, actually, he is somebody to be afraid of. But it shouldn't be a fear that, we, that draws us back from trusting God. Also uh, leads us to a response to remind us of the true reality of God's character. So often in life and the challenges that come along, the challenges that Israel faced, we, our image or reality of who God can be or who God is can get switched off and we become uh, almost sometimes scared of him or we turn him into somebody that he's not. In, the, in this uh, chapter, the people of Israel are brought back to the reality of who God is. Somebody to, to be a part of their life, somebody who as well as being angry, he's angry because he deeply cares about his chosen people. In the, um, verse 2, uh, the writer of I 
literally uh, takes a chunk out of Exodus 15.2. These same words are part of uh, a piece of scripture called the Song of Moses, which is about, uh, which is written uh, after Israel come across, uh, after they've crossed the Red Sea, and their freedom from the oppression of Israel they've encountered in Egypt. So this, this uh, verse, verse 2, would be something that the Israelites would probably know, would remember, would, uh, was probably even chosen to uh, remind them back, remember, make them remember back to what had taken place in Egypt, that first exodus, that first uh, experience of God drawing them out. And now we have a, a bridge which kind of intersects the two you will parts. The bridge in verse 3 speaks of the realities of this salvation experience being full, being an inexhaustible well. Not just once and the water, that's it, once for all, once and that's all you get, but a constant thing, a constant salvation, a salvation that is enough, that fulfills, that does what it says on the tin. And in, this, in the second section of this song, we see that this praise will have an outflowing from Israel. As a, uh, pointed out in the introduction, it's not, it's, it has this kind of action. It's not a passive thing. It wells up and explodes out of these people. Therefore, uh, the promises are always uh, for God's people, but to be spread out into the kingdom spread out into the world. And again, for me, this reminds us that God is missional. God is for everybody. God is reaching out, wanting us to reach out to the world with the truth of the gospel so that, yes, we can sing amazing songs and we can pray and we can chat in our groups, but in the same way that Isaiah is challenging the people of Israel to uh, make this known to the nations, God is also wanting us to reach out with the gospel. To, yes, have the gospel in these four wars, but also the gospel in our world. I, um, when I was reading this, it kind of it felt like there was this kind of momentum through it, like gathering speed. And I hope that... Um, as we kind of come, we come into a bit of a close, actually this gathers speed with you, that those discussions that we had around the tables, the reality of these, the songs of praise goes out with you into the world, wherever you're going, remembering that um, God is a God worth praising, God is a God worth sharing, the reality of what God has done in our lives is worth sharing, to uh, show people to... Uh, almost in the same way we've had discussions to scratch an itch for the people around in our world to share the truth of what life is really all about the reality of who God really is so just a few thoughts to kind of bring the end to that passage we're going to move into a time of worship this is a time where we have a fairly biggish block, but a time to, to think about what we've been discussing, to uh, you know, be passionate in our praise, to be excited about the reality of who God is, to 
or if something has come up whilst we've been talking of actually you're not living in the uh, what this uh, t- uh, session was called, was called the t- title we were given was Cosmic Hope. If we're not living in the fullness of that cosmic hope, then use this time to be quiet and reflective, or use this time to kind of pro- to worship God in the in the quiet or in the noise. Just going to hand over to Megan.